All right, it is time for the Locked On Big 12 weekly live chat. Conference realignment questions, NFL draft questions, whatever you guys want to touch on, this is your opportunity to have your questions asked, debated, and answered by myself and also all the folks who are watching live and commenting as well. Should be a fun, another edition. You are Locked On Big 12. Your daily podcast on the Big 12 Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Josh Neighbors here, Locked On Big 12 Podcast. Make sure you all subscribe to the show uh, here on YouTube. Also, I have my AC running. Just went to the gym, came back. Still a little hot. I forget how to shower. So if the AC is loud and running, tell me, guys, I can cut that off. And leave any comment that you'd like to leave in our comment section. We are answering your questions live today. We took them on Twitter as well. So send those throughout the show and feel free to communicate with each other throughout the show as well. I love doing these. Um, uh, you know, one of these every single week now. So your all's questions are necessary for those. Got a few on Twitter. Once again, though, if you are new to the channel, please subscribe. Locked on Big 12, wherever you guys get your podcast as well. Follow us on Twitter at LOBig12. You guys can find me at Josh Neighbors underscore on the Twitters. So let's get after it. Uh, a few notes, guys, as we get going here. So, you know, it's, I know it's been a little bit of a, of a slow last couple days with news and everything. And I just kind of want to reiterate where my attitude is towards the Pac 12 conference because everybody is talking about this realignment right now. Everybody is talking about uh, Big 12, Pac-12, what's going to happen, television deal. And I've maintained this. Uh, I've said that I am not out here, you know, wishing just to crush the Pac-12. That's not how I feel because we were also in the same state of anxiety and not knowing the Big 12 was. So because of that, it is fair to be like, look, like kind of looking in the mirror. Also, you know, we had our man Spencer McLaughlin on uh, a couple days ago and you know, it's, I don't want to be in a situation where like the Pac-12 goes away. You know, I would not be victory lapping and spiking and dunking, dunking the ball. You know what I mean? On people like Spencer, it's just not what I want to do. Also, you know, I think John Canzano would get dunked on on Twitter and maybe even John Wilner, probably Stuart Mandel, but I'm not going to be out there dunking and just don't have any interest on it. And, and you know, that's not really the way I think about it. Um, now, do I acknowledge for you all out there? Hey, you don't have to think the way I do. Some of you guys are not in media. A lot of you guys are not in media. Uh, you know, you guys are fans. And so if you all want to, you know, gloat and say, hey, Pac-12, go away, you know, haha, we got you. You may go ahead and do that. That is your prerogative to do it. I I'm just not coming at it from that perspective. And I kind of say that also to be like, I'm a bit more, well, Big 12 flag is behind me. I try to be a bit more pragmatic about when we approach these things, right? And so that kind of leads me to where we're at today because the last piece of news that we got, and once again, folks, you all come in, Put your questions in the chat. We'll answer them live as they come today. Had some submitted from Twitter, which we will get to. Also, we'll answer your all's questions that come via the chat as well. But, you know, I want to get back to this point here. Uh, the laundry list of things that has happened to the Pac-12, you know, we just added another one on with referees leaving for the Big Ten, right? And, you know, I'm not saying there is some larger story here there is some massive thing that we can gain from referees leaving the conference and going to another conference uh what i will say is this is that it follows a trend a pattern that we've noticed really since the ucla and usc move you had that you had the big 12 jumping the line on the television um 
You have uh, them not being able to get a deal done as a result. You have conversations with non-traditional TV outlets, Amazon, Apple TV, you know, in, in the uh, non-TV space. In the TV space, you know, we had the Ion rumors. We had the CW, which obviously people think is a player. And we've got the lukewarm approach of a Fox. And, you know, not saying ESPN's lukewarm. They want it, but not the full desire from ESPN that we've seen, you know, for other uh, things in the, in the live sports space. So you've got that piece of it. You've got George's right-hand man, I forget his name, but George Klyavkov's right-hand man, you know, kicking, you know, uh, leaving the conference, who's a big part of the t- television conversations. You have further delays in the TV deal. And then, you know, you have some officials leaving for the Big, tw- uh, big Ten. This all goes to say that the Big 12 offers one thing, stability. It seems like things have stabilized. You know, I like Brett Yormark for a future vision, sure, but I can't guarantee you all anything, nor can Brett Yormark guarantee us anything about the future of the Big 12 because the way the tectonic plates, plates rather, of college sports and especially college football, and actually even college sports in general, right? I mean, we're talking about an expansion of the NCAA tournament from 68 teams all the way to 96, whatever it was. And it's all of a sudden, people, you know, it's just, it might just happen all of a sudden. So we have to acknowledge that. The Big 12 feels like in relation to the Pac-12, it offers some security. You know, they have a television deal. They know where they're going to be on TV. And my big point has been, you know, I, I just, these Pac-12 presidents must have a pretty significant stomach for a lot of these, um, for a lot of the ups and downs right now because they are tolerating it. They have tolerated this situation about as far as you could go. I mean, all of those things, the delays, what really sounds like the lack of the deal. We have the presidents going out there in public. And then a lot of what they're saying kind of getting shot down in some ways. You know, we had Stuart Mandela saying, Oh, there's kind of some over optimism. Right. And we know the big 12 is knocking on the door and I understand their desire. Their, their very strong want to stay together. It makes a lot of sense. Moving conferences is a brave, bold, difficult move to do. I get all of that. But at the same time, you have to understand like the the Big 12 is offering something that's pretty significant. And it's not like if you add Arizona, it's an addition. Like you're adding a new part of the country, a new new recruiting ground, a new television space. Same thing with ASU. Same thing with Colorado. It's, It's not like the conference is static or staying in the same place. Any addition is that. It is an addition and it makes the conference stronger because it's more teams, more, you know, uh, um, non G five power five brands jumping on and the four brands, you know, can say what you want about Arizona state and Arizona and their football programs, Utah, Colorado, you know, their football, I mean, Utah's has been up Colorado's, you know, it's, it's looks like it might be on the way up. Um, but like, you know, it comes to ba- I mean, just kind of the combination of football and basketball, they're strong brands and they would add to a conference that wants to continue to add and they would weaken a conference that is kind of in a tough spot and would make the big 12 more attractive potential television partners because they can offer games at all times of the day. Now, I think the fun part of this, and I think it's really exciting to mention this too. Uh, when, if we were to add schools out West, like the variety of your schedule about when you play, it ain't going to be a, uh, you know, Hey, 11 AM, three 30, you know, seven. Hey, we'll, we'll play a lot of games at 11. We'll play you know, some at three 30, but uh, you know, you know, in, in a couple uh prime times, it's going to be all over the map, baby. You're going to be playing some 11 a.m. Central kickoffs. You're going to have some 9 p.m. kickoffs, some 3.30s. Now, if you want those 3.30s, baby, you, you better play well, right? If you keep playing well, they'll keep putting you on in prime time at 3.30 and, and noon on Fox. You get all of those things. 
So um, I think the schedule is going to be pretty fascinating here. But really, my big point is, you know, I, I have to say, like, the lack of stability and what they're willing to put up with, I think the only reason these schools are is because going to a comp another conference is a big risk. It's a big, big, big time risk. Right. So I think that has to be taken into account. All right. So, but I don't think the news of officials leaving is earth shattering. It's just another small, small kind of, uh, I think, piece of news that falls into a bigger storyline that's continued on. Quick word from our sponsors on today's show. Today's Locked On Big 12 podcast is brought to you all by the folks at Built Bar. Built is a delicious snack. It does not have all that sugar and all those calories you guys do not want. If you're like me and you want to make healthier choices in 2023, but you don't want to compromise on taste. You never want to do that. You guys have to try out Built Bars. Seriously, they taste so amazing that you won't think that they're just, uh, they're good for you, but they are. So what makes Built Bars so good, guys? They're covered in 100% dark chocolate and they come in unbelievably fun and delicious flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, cookies and cream, and much, much more. 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and a whopping 17 grams of protein. So go to built.com today. That's built.com. And when you guys do, you guys can uh, use our promo code. I believe it's still locked on 15. But also you guys can find them at Walmart and Sam's Club. Walmart, they have the four packs. Sam's Club, the 13 pack, that variety pack. That's what you all want to hit. So once again, thanks our friends at Built Bar for sponsoring the show. All right, so uh, BU at 12. Let's see, I'll just put the question up here. Josh is a fan. I'm not saying the pack should die. I'm saying if the pack doesn't work things out, it only strengthens the, the uh, Big 12 with new Power 5 teams. Exactly, right. And, and I would say to you, my friend Patrick, uh, you know, there are a lot of folks out there who are like you, but there's a lot of folks out there too who are you know, commenting all the time about the destruction of the Pac-12. And, and also, the, I think the folks who have an audience that do that, I, I don't like that. I, I, I feel like um, you all can go back through my videos. I, at times, I've got, gotten a little bit animated, but it's not to disparage the Pac-12 at all. It's just to acknowledge the realities of this situation, right? And what we actually think will happen and what can happen and the news. And I think we'll look back at this as this really interesting inflection point because this is the future. Like, there's a good chance that, there is further consolidation. The Pac-12 uh, staying together would kind of stave off what feels like continuation. This also goes to say, guys, there's no guarantee that down the line, I think it's unlikely, there's no guarantee down the line that you know the Big 12 is going to be a part of the bigger story. Now, I think they have to be, right? I think, you know, look, TCU beat Michigan last year. They've got teams capable of doing this. You know, you got uh, Oklahoma State beating Ole Miss a couple years ago. You got, excuse me, Oklahoma State beating Notre Dame. And then Baylor beating Ole Miss. And say what you want about those bowl games. We know these, these schools in the Big 12 can hang with some of the best schools nationally. Not all of them. And sometimes they will get curb stomped. And we saw, we saw it happen with Bama and K-State. We saw it happen with Georgia and TCU. But those are the two elite, elite, elite programs in the Southeastern Conference. And I think it should be noted like that, yeah, they are kind of miles ahead of most schools. They're miles ahead of a lot of schools in the Southeastern Conference. Right. And so the fact that TCU beat a Michigan is significant. I think we have to definitely put that, you know, there. So it'd be tough to tell the story of college football without them, but still you concerned about down the line about where this the sport is heading about kind of the consolidation of power. So uh, Jeffrey Thompson says, if I'm a recruit or a parent of a recruit, 
the first question a visiting coach is, what conference will you will you be playing in? It's an interesting question. I think more it's um I think more it's gonna it's, it depends on the family's preference, right? But I think a lot of these significant things are like how do I watch my son? And you know, uh, where can I watch my son, right? You know, do I have to pay extra to watch my son? How easy is it to get to the games? Obviously, it's a whole lot of things, but you know, this is the point why uh, Utah and Colorado and Arizona, Arizona State joining the Big 12 is fascinating for them because they can go to Texas kids and say, look, we'll probably be in your state. You know, if the kid stays for two, three, four years, we'll be in your state, you know, basically double digit times. And yeah, sure, you might come, you know, if you're a kid from, let's just say Houston or you're a kid from Dallas, right? You know, hey, we'll be in, we'll, if you don't go to TCU, let's say go to Arizona. We'll be playing at TCU. We'll be playing in Waco. We'll be playing in Lubbock. We'll be playing in Houston. We're playing in Stillwater, which isn't, you know, too far away. You're going to all of these places and you're going to be kind of in the neighborhood of a lot of those kids and where they live. I think that's number one when you go into these places and you talk about, okay, what do these families, the parents, the uh, people involved in their lives care about? Obviously, NIL is there as well, too. You have to, you know, and you have to bring it on that. But like when we're talking about, you know, kids' future, Obviously, I think you know, the NIL stuff is there, but like the parents care about being able to see their kids play. And that is both television and in person. And so I think it's kind of the, the conversation that happens here when we talk about those. Uh, all right, let us hit the uh, question here. So should the PAC teams find it daunting to join another conference more than BYU, Houston? I'm not really sure. Uh, should they find it more daunting? Is that what you're asking to say? I mean, those schools want to join though, because they are in the power, they're in the G5, right? So the fact that they can go up another weight class now and, and kind of be considered power five is the rub for them. So no matter what the financial gap is, no matter you know what, what it is, those schools always want to go. So yes, I would say for power five schools to jump, if it's not an obvious move, uh, and I think the obvious move is an SEC, the obvious move is a big 10. It's not an obvious move. It is a bit more challenging to do. Let's go to some of the folks on Twitter. We had a couple of questions from Twitter that were sent to us, and I appreciate all the folks who put those in. So I'm going to read here. Um, oh, when is Marshan supposed to be on? Actually texting him right now. I think next Thursday is when we should get our guy, Andrew Marshand on the show. So we'll be able to talk to him more about what is happening right now. Uh, in the conference realignment space. And he'll really tell us about the, tele, tele, the about the television side of things. He'll be able to focus on that. So looking forward to that conversation next week. Once again, keep sending your questions in the comment section, the chat. Make sure you guys give the video a like, a uh, thumbs up. Um, and also please subscribe to the channel if you all have not already. All of those things help us grow the brand. And I really appreciate it when you all do that. All right, some more questions here. Uh, can can UT slash OU buyout money be added to what ESPN slash Fox are willing to pay Arizona and Colorado to join the Big 12? Can it be used to offer G5 schools since contract doesn't include adding G5 schools? So here's what I'll say to this. The short answer is yes, ostensibly it could, but that money is kind of, you know, it's going to get paid out. Like it's going to go to the schools. Um, it would, you know, it's going to be distributed to the schools. It'd be up to then. To, and I think the conference will collect some of it, obviously, but like, it's going to be up to the schools you know, to decide those kinds of things. 
Um, and I don't think that they're going to be quick to basically give up that extra cash. Now, if it can help like a good strategy move, right? So let's just say it's used to help bring in a P5 school. Like that makes sense, right? It's money that we didn't have before. But once again, guys, that would be contingent on these presidents and the power brokers to give up cash that they can now have probably budgeted coming to them. And so I think that's a difficult ask because once, once college administrators see money coming in, they usually earmark it and stuff and get ready to spend it. I mean, a lot of these athletic departments, people always like to mention this all the time. These athletic departments operate at a deficit or they basically spend what they bring in. You know, it's not like they're, uh, Hey, well, you know, we're not, we're not making revenue. Well, I mean, they could, they just, they choose to spend it all, right? That's what a lot of nonprofits end up doing. A lot of these schools choose to spend all of the cash that they get. So they could, but it would take the schools coming together. I don't think there's any earmarked, at least my understanding, um, for all of this. Throw it back. Frog says PAC 12 is going to stick together, adding two to four G five teams to stay afloat. UW and Oregon will be the big brands of the conference like OU and UT were for us. Then UW and Oregon will leave in the next round of realignment six-ish years, and it'll look like the Big 12 in 2021. Yeah, I am curious about yeah the, the time frame. I think uh, when we all discuss grant of rights, everybody, you know, you all have been on this, and I've thought the same thing too. I mean, I, I don't know the exact ins and outs of this, but if you're Oregon and Washington, why would you sign a grant of rights with the Pac-12? And I've said this a bunch, guys, and I'll say it again. Oregon and Washington want to compete uh, for uh, college football playoffs. They want to compete to win games in CFPs. And you take schools in the Big Ten, you know, they're going to make, let's just say, $70 million a year. And let's just say Pac-12 schools get 30. And that's not, that's generous to them right now. Every single year, you are operating at if you are getting forty million dollars less than the Big Ten schools, right? Ohio State rakes in seventy million dollars in a year from uh, from the television contract. Your school at Oregon is raking in thirty million dollars a year. Well, in three years, where are you? You're hundred and fifty million dollars behind where Ohio State is. You're hundred and fifty million dollars, and not even just them guys, behind the Wisconsin's of the world, behind the Iowas of the world behind the Rutgers and Maryland's of the world. You're behind them as well. That's a big pill to swallow. It's a tough pill to swallow. Um, and look, I don't know how realistic, how close they can get, but you know, even though those schools have large donor bases and a lot of fan, a lot of fans who care, it's a big gap. It's a big gap to mine. So that's my question is like, are they really willing to sign on for a grant of rights? And look, if they could leave now, I think they would. I, I just, I'm not 100% sure about the mechanics of more schools being added to the Big Ten right now as they're getting a new commissioner. I feel like that's going to be difficult to do. So I don't think that's going to happen, um, at least right now. But like, could they negotiate a potential exit to kind of make things more clear for them? I don't know. Um, it feels like the most likely scenario is, you know, like for them to go anywhere, it would be number one, it'd be going to the Big Ten. That'd probably be number one. Number two, I feel like maybe in the ACC, number three, like the Big 12, just does not feel like Oregon and Washington would go to the Big 12. But, hey, I've been wrong before. Uh, any word on the Big 12 and Gonzaga? It seems like bringing Gonzaga in could also help towards potentially getting Arizona. Maybe I, I, that's an interesting thought. I, I'll tell you this. I felt like the main focus right now has been all of the Pac-12 schools 
and if they could get them integrated and into the league. They have been focusing on that. Um, you know, I, I'm sure there's still behind the scenes work happening with a Gonzaga, you know, with the San Diego States of the world, other schools as well. But the main focus is definitely going to be the Pac-12 schools and trying to get them in right now. Um, you know, I, I think that's going to be the main focus for the Big 12. Now, you know, the finances and the mechanics of adding Big uh, adding Gonzaga as a basketball only member, you know, you have to wonder about that. But also, as they expand the tournament, there is more opportunities to make money from more tournament games. Right? There's a per unit payout. Um, and also to, once again, like the Gonzaga adds, you know, I think Brett Yormark sees a ton of value in basketball moving forward. I've mentioned this a bunch before. If there is a way to make that, to sell that package separately, right? Because uh, as for right now, basketball and football are packaged together. If there's the way the Big 12 could make the elite basketball package, we're just saying the Arizonas of the world, we're saying, you know, alongside of Baylor and uh, and Kansas and Kansas State and Arizona and Gonzaga and Houston, you kind of make the A package and their kind of round robin becomes your, you know, this awesome package that you're selling. Either A, it could strengthen an initial deal or B, might just sell it on its own. I think that is what you have to explore. And so I would, I would bet any amount of money that Brett Yormark's love for hoops and also his kind of uh, thought about what's going to happen in the future with basketball is going to be a and, and kind of his you know is going to be a driving force behind what he thinks uh, when it comes to this. He probably is very, you know very much hey we want to add Gonzaga, but I I think that the other school you know the schools who ultimately have to vote on this are, are going to be pumping the brakes on that until they feel like there's a clearer picture. You know, so I think for your mark, hey, it's more of a calculated risk unless they can you know negotiate money wise to where it's worth it for Gonzaga. Um, so I, I I have not heard anything on that front recently. I think it's something that we'll ask Andrew Martian about next week. Um, let's see. Since so uh, let's see. Since PAC schools say they don't want to downgrade to the Big Twelve, what uh, then? What did all these schools consider going to SEC? Was that a downgrade? Money wise, is better for academics. I mean, it's 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 all large state schools mostly, right? Like it's it's all the only private school in the SEC is Vanderbilt. Um, so it's kind of a large compilation, mostly of the same kind of schools. The Big Twelve now is interesting though because you've got TCU private school, Baylor private school, Cincy private school, and I, I'm not sure. I think University of Houston. Um, let's see, is it? Uh, is it private? I don't even know. Somebody can correct me here. Um, public. It's that, that one's public, right? But Cincinnati is private, right? So they have it. They have this uh, collection of. Um, you know, these collection of schools that are public schools and, and they've got obviously these private schools too. So, you know, I, I don't know about the academic side of things. Like it gets tossed around, like how meaningful is that really? Uh, how, how much does that really matter? Uh, let's see. Since you, so Brian says, since they are more interested in academics, do you think Stanfield and uh, Stanford, I assume, and Cal could be more comfortable as Ivy League football members only the pack money isn't there for, That'd be weird though, because Ivy, it, it wouldn't make any sense for them to travel across the country to play in a league that doesn't make a whole lot of money football wise, right? That Ivy League, I don't know about their television contract, but I cannot assume that they're making a whole lot of cash off of that deal. It does not seem like it's going to make a ton of sense to be doing that, right? Um, so I don't think they would go join the Ivy League, no. 
Any word on the recent announcement of the Big 12, uh, of the Big 12 on Big 12 Mexico? No, I've got no clue. And I'll, I'll do some digging around because actually I've been, um, you know, I've had more than one person ask me about Big 12 Mexico now. So I will ask about Big 12 Mexico, but I have not heard anything about it. I, I, does it intrigue me? Yes. You know, um, I know the NFL obviously has explored, uh, you know, they've done, they've gone down there. But they, you know, they kind of been exploring what that looks like when they go down there. So that is an interesting subplot of all of this. But what does the Big 12 have to offer? Is it basketball? Is it football? Is it a combination? Is it softball a combination of both? Like, you know, I really don't know. Uh, I really don't know. But, you know, is I don't know about the appetite for college athletics in Mexico either. Right? I mean, who, who really knows about, like, what that could be? But is it interesting? Sure. And, and once again, this, this follows a trend, guys. That the Big 12 is going to... New York City, it is exploring Mexico. They want to be in California. They want to make this brand where, look, you know, they are everywhere. And so there is a value to being everywhere at the right price. Um, oh, I see Brian say, you know, I wasn't expecting an honest answer to the last one. Ah, gotcha. Yeah. Uh, at the right price, though, the right price, it's got to be all of these things. It has to make sense. You know, you don't want to be dumping money into going to Mexico, right? I mean, maybe a site fee for a game there would be great if, if, if uh, you're able to make some money from, you know, Mexico paying for a, a series of Big 12 basketball games there, right? The Big 12 is trying to find ways to monetize. They're trying to be innovative and trying to be everywhere and innovative. It can be expensive. That's the key is how do you, you know, not sink the, the you know, uh, you're going to have some misses, but like, how do you not make sure this stuff's not a money pit, right? Like, how often do you want to bring Shaq in to do concerts? Is that financially what you want to do? You know, is, is that where you want to go? Uh, let's see. DFO says news BYU pre as a president in uh, previously served academic vice president. Let's see. And Texas A&M. Okay. Uh, all right. So y'all get your, some of y'all's final questions here. We'll keep wrapping. We'll start wrapping this thing up unless you all a bunch of other things. I want to thank built bar for sponsoring today's show. Always appreciate them uh, doing that. We'll be back here, guys. Also, NFL draft is tonight. I'll, I just have to say this on the draft front. It's very exciting, the fact that we're going to – and I have my commander shirt on right now. Um, uh, it's actually it's Washington football team was when I got this. But I am very excited that we're going to see Big 12 players back in the first round. It is very important that we continue to have that. It's so important. So when, you, you know, when people are recruiting, they can say, hey, we got first-round guys. Like The fact that we've got an edge rusher, edge rusher out of Texas Tech, which has had a myriad of defensive struggles – uh, irregard or regardless rather of who the coach has been, that's big time stuff. People might, might not like Texas, but B. John Robinson, it was a pleasure to watch him play. Very glad to see what we're going to see in the first round. Hopefully we see Quentin Johnston in the first round. Will we see uh, a Will McDonald go in the first round? There's a, there's plenty of options, but we know we're going to get at least two guys. I think it's safe to uh, pretty much safe to say we're going to get at least two big 12 guys going in the first round and Tyree Wilson and also in the first round, we're going to see a guy uh, like a Bijan Robinson go. Likelihood that the Pac-12 ends up on Max. I can inform you on who Max is if you're not up to speed. Yeah, so those of you who don't know, Max is uh, HBO slash Discovery. And they are becoming, not, they're dropping the HBO Max and just going to Max. Um, they... It's interesting because I've been actually listening to some stuff about this. And I was recently listening to The Watch, which is uh, from The Ringer. And Andy Greenwald and Chris Ryan were discussing, you know, Max as this entity. You know, it's um, 
what does rebranding the Max do for you? You know, is losing the HBO name a big problem for you? But they've got this, all of this money and this guarantee of strong content. And they did do that foray into the U.S. men's national team, right? They got into their boxing division a while ago. You know, I'll be curious to see what their foray into live sports or is there, if there is a foray back into live sports as well. But they have been making their bones off of series such uh, like succession, right? And they've got a bunch of new, exciting, um, they've got a bunch of new, exciting shows that, that are happening tonight. Also, those of you who are asking, a couple of you guys asked, yes, the draft tonight starts at 8 Eastern time, 7 Central. So if you guys are looking for the NFL draft, that's happening. I believe it's on ESPN and ABC. And I'm sure the NFL network also has their own coverage as well. If you guys want to check it out in all of those places, but yeah. So Max getting into the mix, um, you know, I don't know of their transition right now. And this is actually, this would be really good questions for Andrew Marsh. And we'll circle back next week on some of these things. We talked to him, but is there any appetite there for them to get into live sports, into college sports? You know, the brand like that, you, you almost feel like they have more interest in the NFL and big things such as that, right? I mean, everybody wants a piece of the NFL, but uh, could there be some interest in college sports? Because it feels like if everybody's got something, everybody's got like Amazon Prime. I'm not sure everybody's watching things on Amazon Prime. It feels like basically everybody I know is HBO. I mean, everybody I know is HBO Max, which will eventually become you know, just Max. And I'm not sure when they're doing that exactly. But uh, they have got a pretty big, big uh, net that they've got. So I would not be shocked if they get involved. I think that'd be very interesting. Um. Yeah, they're already in NBA in March. But yeah, but but HBO as, as, as Max, the brand itself is not there, right? That is just a streaming platform. Uh, I guess Connor, Connor's mentioned this. Yeah, Turner is involved. Yes, parent company is involved in the live sports space, but HBO is not. Now they've got some things like that documentary about inside the NBA. They've got, you know, some old sports documentaries that they had on there as well. They've obviously mentioned the U.S. men's and U.S. women's national teams on Max. Not sure how successful that was. Might have been just a test run for them. But I have not heard anything. And the last time that we heard a report was that Turner as a company was out, uh, you know, as a whole. Memphis, USF, Tulane, SDSU are the next to move up. The question is, will it be the PAC or the Big 12? Right. I mean, San Diego State, if you're them, you just want to wait. You want to join the PAC because it makes sense, you know, uh, travel wise and you're not gonna get a full share wherever you go so the best thing for you is just kind of to wait and see what the best option to do is memphis i've discussed if things fall through for the, the big 12 you know just adding memphis is that a move that you want to do in conjunction with adding a as somebody else on the west coast that's something that they have to consider you know Tulane. I, I know it's in new orleans um their basketball program is so far behind i know it'd get better their basketball program is so far behind and I'm wondering if you're already in Houston, like, do you need to go to Tulane? How big is Tulane in New Orleans? I don't feel like it's a big enough draw. USF people say, Hey, South Florida, Tampa, like guys, they're at UCF. UCF's a better brand right now. I don't know if you just go into USF just for the sake of doing it, maybe to give them a Florida partner and strengthen your recruiting hold there. But you know, and, and depending on how much money they'll take, but like their basketball and football programs are a mess, a complete mess right now. So it, it, I just feel like it's not really – the juice is not worth um, the squeeze on that. 
Grant Ellis says USF is ready. He's had a really bad coach the last couple of seasons. Yeah, but they haven't been good. I mean, ever since that one war on I four in like 2016, they've been they've been down bad. They have been down very very bad. Um, you know, so I, I think for them it's it's uh, um, you know, I, I think for for a school like USF, like that's a pipe dream for them. They just have not been good good enough as of late. And UCF really took that Florida corner from them. All right. Send y'all's final questions right now. Once again, if you all have not subscribed to locked on big 12, please do. We just went over 4,000 a week or so ago. Our next goal is 5k by the start of the season. I think we're going to hit it. We're already at 4,100. So please, please, please subscribe to the show locked on big 12, wherever you guys get your podcast today, please do so. I would greatly appreciate it. If you all did. All right, my friends, once again, subscribe, find us wherever you get your podcast, like the videos as well, and always leave your comments. The next time, my friends, as always, stay safe.